Hi, and welcome to the show again. I'm already laughing because we've had such fun before we even start. Welcome to the show today. We have a wonderful guest, Lisa Marchetti, who's going to be talking about a very raw and real subject, cancer, her sons and her husbands. But it's all hopeful, so stay tuned. And I want to thank my sponsor today, Taylor Bags, taylorbags.com, fabulous handmade Taylor bags from Spain. Just go to taylorbags.com and you will see all kinds of colors and yummy fabrics and a style that will take you anywhere you want to go. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. So Lisa, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here and I can't wait to hear the story that I do know so well because I was there with your little boy, six years old, yeah. when he was first diagnosed with cancer. Would you just tell us the story? Yeah, and to start off, um, do you know some of the statistics around childhood cancer? No. Sometimes we think this is so rare, but it's not rare. Uh, worldwide, right now, 400 families are impacted by childhood cancer. And if we take that number mm -hmm. and we wanna look at just the United States, mm -hmm. on average, 44 parents today are hearing the news, your child has cancer. 44 parents today are hearing that diagnosis. Um, and those same children, mm. right, if the radiation works, if the chemo works, if the treatment work, by the time they're 40 years old, those same children, 95% of them will have chronic health conditions, not because of the cancer, because of the chemo and how harsh it is on their little bodies. But I will say we have hope. We hold on and we have hope through cancer. We have hope through statistics. We have hope because I have walked through this journey and I am here to share that with those who may be facing the unexpected today or facing hardship. Mm. Lisa, just start from the beginning mm -hmm. when you first heard those words. Yeah. Tell us how you were, where were you, what were you sensing, what were you feeling, what were you thinking? Yeah, um, so ours starts when our son was six years old. He had just finished kindergarten. So if anybody can picture the spirit of a kindergartner, he embodied that lively, active, curious. Um, and right after his kindergarten year in June of 2018, uh, for several weeks, he started to get lethargic mm. and he couldn't walk and he was complaining of heart pain and leg pain. And as I look back, it was all the symptoms, yet we didn't know. And through that, we took him to a variety of doctors and some testing. And then it came very obvious. We were rushed to the ER mm. one of the evenings. And as the testing unfolded, it became real to us and Alex and I, my husband Alex, were shared the news. Your child 
has cancer. Um, and within that first 24 hours, our son in, went through four blood transfusions to save his life. And within about 48 hours of being diagnosed with cancer, he had a port surgically inserted and his first chemotherapy. Oh my um, and I like to look at that though, as that was day one of healing. Uh, his journey, what the doctors had shared with us is uh, it was four years of active chemotherapy. And I remember sitting on the white couch in the hospital room, right, with those white walls, which we can all picture, and the doctor saying, we're hopeful, we have strong prognosis, but in four years is when his treatment would be over. And in my mind, if you're like me, exactly. You do the math, mm -hmm. right? He's six. In four years, he's going to be 10. Um, and I thought, oh, that's his childhood. But I am so excited to share the hope today. He is two years chemo-free, cancer-free, thriving as a sixth grader today, out playing basketball. Um, he loves music. And so what I thought would be a loss for us has inspired him to continue to keep moving and keep growing. Um, so that's that's our start. Mm. Um, our story doesn't end there though. So when I when I share about my book, which I've recently published in addition to a supplemental workbook. And can you hold them up? Oh, absolutely. So this is um, the, my book called Victory is Ahead, Dare to Hope, uh, fitting for this topic. And this was published about a year ago, is available on Amazon. I also have a supplemental workbook right here for those that are interested in book clubs or Bible studies or self-reflections. And both of these are published through my publisher, Dr. Amanda Goodson Global. Um, and what, what this story encompasses though is not just my son's journey, but what we endured over the course of about over four years, but really facing the unexpected and equipping all of us because we all are going to face the unexpected. Uh, so about um, nine months after my son's diagnosis, we heard the news, my dad that then unexpectedly died and went to heaven. And those that are facing grief, you know the heartbreak that that can be and the unexpected um, numbing in your life and disruption and what I will say is there is still hope because we know not every healing ends on this side of heaven. And we hold on to that hope in Jesus. About nine months after my, uh, my dad went to heaven, my husband too, Alex, by the grace of God, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, and so within an 18-month period, we got the one-two punch. Wow. Um, but when I look back what has anchored us and why I talk about hope uh, being so powerful. And one of the organizations I'm connected with is called Hope Kids. And they say hope is the most powerful medicine there is. Yes, absolutely. And it always resonated with me. Um, and my hope and our hope is anchored in our faith in Jesus. One of my favorite Bible verses that have really carried us through is from Deuteronomy 31.8, where it says the Lord himself goes before you, he will be with you, he will never leave you. And that has brought tremendous comfort to me, knowing nothing is unexpected to God, 
He saw this coming. He knew this was coming. He has equipped us with strength and perseverance. Um, and now my heart is in a place to share this story with others who may be facing similar situations or unexpected events. Which, Lisa, is everyone. But my goodness, here you are. People can see you if you're watching on YouTube and hear you if you're, they're not, if they're just on audio. And you have this bright smile, which is incredible. Not everyone, I don't think, would go through this and come out with such positivity. And yet one of the things that is your top takeaway, exactly what you said, find hope in the unexpected. I'm thinking about so many guests, Lisa, that have been on the show. Now you are number 170, mm. and this is six years of doing the podcast, doing it right. And there's no one that has had a life like this. In fact, right. when I do my keynotes, I start out by saying, is there anyone in the audience that has had a life like this? Mm, everything's <laughs> happy. That's right. <laughs> and so for you, though, as you said, it's been that double whammy. You talked about with me that sometimes you feel like you're surrounded by miracles, even through pain. Mm. Talk to us about that. Yeah, and this was certainly something um, that shifted my thinking on pain and almost um, having a fear of pain and hardship. We almost want to make sure we're avoiding that at all costs. But pain can sometimes be a tremendous gift and protection, and it moves us to what should be. Um, and so let me give a little more yes, substance please. to that. Mm -hmm. uh, as I shared about my husband, Alex, uh, he was a, a, going through some pain. He was having other health issues going on, and he was experiencing pain. And those health issues is what landed him in the ER unrelated to cancer. It was the pain of another health issue. And as he's there in the ER and they're doing testing and they're doing scans, I will never forget the doctor came to us and he said, I have good news and I have bad news. And I said, okay, I mean, we've already faced cancer. How bad can it get, right? right. Um, and this was how long after Sal? It's about eight, 18 months after. 18 so months Sal later. is still enduring chemotherapy. He's home at this time. He wasn't hospitalized. Um, so we have already, Alex and I have faced hard news. Mm -hmm. Like you said, no one's life is like this. We can all look back at moments where we had to face difficult hard news or as leaders, as you talk about, make difficult hard decisions right. or somebody made a decision that impacted us. Um, and this doctor said, I have good news and bad news. Good news, we discovered what's causing your pain and we can treat that, no big deal. So the pain is what brought him in. But then he said, through this, we have discovered a tumor on your pancreas. And it was caught at an early stage. Um, those that may not know, pancreatic cancer has no signs or symptoms mm -hmm. until stage three or stage four. Mm -hmm. And his was caught very early, very localized. And without the pain, we would not be where we were. And... I have had to wrestle with that concept because it doesn't reconcile in my own brain 
-hmm. how pain could also lead to a victorious outcome. And what I can say is now that we're here at this moment, even through our pain, miracles are happening. Those of us that are experiencing pain right now, it is for a reason and for a purpose. And God never wastes our pain. Um, and so with that said, it is an understanding and knowing and almost back to that hope filled that pain is not the victor. Our victory is in our hope mm -hmm. um, through Jesus and also recognizing and being very sensitive to the fact not all victory ends on this side of heaven, but we don't stop with our hope. Lisa, the word hope is so important. If I can just tag on to that in terms of, as you said, as leaders making decisions and, and going with that for just a moment, I will never forget a situation where mm. I had lost hope and it was a business reason. That's right. And that very weekend that I had lost hope not completely, but it was like, we all have this, what, why, me? And that very weekend, to your point, God never lets, lets this go. He's going to take you through it. I happened to listen to a motivational speaker hmm. talking about some of the very things that I was going through. Now, if that isn't a God wink, I don't know what is. <laughs> That's right. And that speaker just whatever she said it just went it was like she was talking right to me and i walked out mm. and i remember putting my hands on the steering wheel when i was so devastated and i was tearing because of all the things that she was talking about and lisa i hit that steering wheel hard with my fist mm. and it was the hope that did this through me and i said no I am not going to give up. That's this right. is not going to take me down. And I say that because you've so beautifully outlined such a devastating situation in your life where you conjured up hope to also say, no matter what we're going through in our life, certainly, but in our work too, those down times when why is this happening to me? Why is the company letting everybody go? Why is the downsizing? What about this reorganization? Why did they put me now under this boss? I don't even know this person. I had a great rec uh, respect right. and, and relationship with this. All these things, they all end up with, okay, so to your point, where's the hope? Where's the hope? Where's the hope? Yes. Yeah. Take and, it, take it, Lisa, to business because I'd like sure. you to share with the audience your job, your job, sure. what you do and where and uh, yeah, how this plays out in 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 your corporate sure. so role. So I also um, am a human resources leader, um, and I work with teams who are going through difficulty or changes or reorgs, helping them move into high performing teams. And one of the things about hope, and we use it around other skills of leadership, we may talk about it in the vein of its courage, mm -hmm. the vein of it's a positive change attitude, but all of that encompasses 
the leadership skill of hope. Hope is a verb. Hoping is action. It's not passive. It is a active action to keep moving forward in unrelenting circumstances and actually peeking through because the light always peeks through. Hope cannot be squashed. And so when we think about that as leaders, and again, whether we're facing something personally or professionally or relationally, that is a skill and a competitive edge that you bring or that our leaders bring to the workforce. Um, in the spirit of hope, though, I, I want to share a story, if you're okay with that. You bet. Um, in thinking about, you know, as leaders, how we see the perspective of the eyes of, of those around us. And sometimes I have found our best teachers in life can be our kids. Um, sure. And can give us lessons far more than we can learn maybe ourselves, or maybe we're just slow learners, I don't know. Um, so I'll share a little bit of a time where I have um, see hope through the eyes of a child. And I'll share a story now about my son. And this is during his difficult um, period of his chemotherapy where he was going through significant, I think he actually at this point in time was on over four different types of chemotherapy. Oh. We were in and out of the hospital weekly. Um, he was going through enormous changes and you could just you know, kind of picture it like we all know, the hair loss, the different body shapes and forms, what steroids do to the body. And through this, he also was having significant bone pain where he couldn't walk. So he's six years old, um, but his face shone with, when I think of hope, I think of joy and, and almost God's glory that is around us. I think his face, I was worrying for the double of us and his face was showing quadruple. Like he just was outshining my worries hmm. um, as a parent. And uh, we're at home in this particular day and uh, one of the things through hospital stays, or as you know, when you're facing challenges, there's this whole thing of hurry up and wait. And you hurry up and wait. Mm -hmm. And so we're waiting, you know, in the hospital for doctor's results or for the doctor to come. And, or you're in a really hurry up mode. So we would play a lot of games in the hospital. We would play thumb wars. We would play tic-tac-toe. Um, but Sal's favorite, my son, was I spy with my little eye. And so we're sitting at home this day. I am exhausted. To, and exhaustion probably doesn't even describe how I'm feeling. Emotionally, mentally, I'm done. Um, and he has this face of hope, this face of God's glory, right? And he goes, mom, mom, let's go outside. And he can't play outside at this point. He's just physically too sick. We can't go into places. Um, but we do decide to go and sit on our porch. And it's, you know, a cement porch, very nothing special. Um, and we're sitting on these, you know, on kind of the ledge of our porch, looking out into the front yard. And there's grass and there's two trees and there's a road right there. And, you know, taking in nature or taking in the breath of fresh air. And he goes, mom, mom, I want to play a game. And I'm like, <sighs> and he's like, let's play I Spy with my little eye, and I have a really good one. And I'm like, 
<laughs> but Let me rest. <laughs> uh, I can't say no to that little face. Yeah. Um, and so I say, okay, go ahead. And he says, I spy with my little eye something that starts with G. And if this gives you any train of thought of the master of the obvious mode that I am in, <laughs> I look down, I see grass. So I'm like, okay, nailed it. Grass, right? My okay. turn. He looks at me. Mom, no. Like, he's almost offended at this point. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll look a little harder. In my next line of vision, very tangible, is a green leaf. <laughs> I'm like, okay, green leaf, next. And again, he's like, Mom, you can't miss it. Now, I don't know about you. I do not like getting schooled by my six-year-old. <laughs> we do have a hint of com competition in our family. And so I'm going to graciously bow out. And I said, wow, you must have a really good one. I give up. And he looks at me and he points out and he says, mom, look out. God's glory is all around us. And to be honest, I had to look really hard because sometimes we do need the eyes of others to remind us who we are and what's around us. And as parents, as friends, as leaders, we sometimes need others to invest in us and remind us there is hope, there is God's glory around us. And sometimes as leaders, we are to remind others who they are, their strengths in the organization, why they are there, and that God's glory and God's hope is above this circumstance. We could just chew on that for a <laughs> long time, Lisa. From the mouths of our children, yes. sometimes is the best lessons. Isn't that true? So Lisa, just thinking about those of us in the workplace, how do we, how do we um, work with each other with authentic empathy? Hmm. Yeah, and and almost with our spirit of hope. Uh -huh. um, and it's not to come off um, in a way that is naive to the fact that we all have struggles, we all have hardships. And there is a real gift in working with colleagues or if you're in a nonprofit work or if you're volunteering at your church, anybody who you would consider is in your inner circle of your community. We get this gift of carrying each other's burdens and also celebrating in our victories. But to do that, you have to be vulnerable. You have to share what is your challenge and your trial and have the humility to say, I, I can't do this on my own. And when I think about our journey, um, I used to really pride myself in some independence and I had my son and my job. And this was one of those moments where I needed others. Mm. I needed others for very physical things, like to cook meals for our family, to do our laundry. I needed others to 
pray who were maybe states away for us and supporting us from a distance. I needed others um, to pick up the phone and talk and emotional support. And so in order for someone to, and as leaders to walk through the valleys and the mountains with people, we have to be able to show vulnerability. Um, I'll give two quick scenarios of where I've seen some of this play out. Do. And one is just the crafting of our story. So yes, there is uh, our book and it is a story of hope. And you will come to know me and a wife and a caretaker and you're gonna come to know about our anchor of, of faith. But many people had to come alongside me as part of this story. Mm -hmm. um, first and foremost, it's made up of some other voices of people who have walked this journey and the advice that they would give to other caretakers. So it's not solely my voice. Okay. Additionally, um, although this has been an experience we went through, I did not know how to turn this into a book. And through, uh, again, God's divine connecting, I was able to meet my publisher, uh, Dr. Amanda Goodson, and through her help and her support and her expertise, this um, has come to life. So anything that we accomplish in life has the fingerprints of other people with us. We can't do it alone. We certainly can't do it alone. Um, and I am, I am very grateful for each of those and the part that everybody played. And your audience too, you also have a story that needs to be told because it can help somebody else. Um, I'll share one quick little, um, you know, neighborly thing about how do we walk with each other's burdens and share in their victories. Mm -hmm. And as leaders, um, I don't know if you're anything like me, but we always plan for worst case scenario. So I think there's been something kind of drilled in all of us of let's plan and have the contingency plans for worst case scenario. And so I will never forget, uh, Sal was undergoing his chemotherapy. Alex, uh, this was before Alex's diagnosis, so we were home. This is before COVID, um, but we were home for a thing. You know, we were home during this period is around Thanksgiving. And um, because Sal was undergoing such significant chemotherapy, we could not have any visitors. Mm. My mom couldn't come. My sister couldn't come. In fact, we were wearing masks because, before masks became cool. I mean, that was <laughs> our world. And we were supposed to be hospitalized. Sal was, they warned us because the type of chemo he was taking was supposed to tank his immune system. And they were very worried about how he would recuperate. Mm -hmm. And they said, you can go home and get some rest, but the likelihood is we'll probably see you in the morning. And this is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So what do you do as a leader when you get a prediction? When you get, hey, this is what's going to happen. We planned for the worst case scenario. One, we packed a hospital bag. We did not plan Thanksgiving dinner because we were not going to be home. We were going to be in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I had some videos and things I was gonna listen to. We had Sal ready with his um, little switch and all the different things that he can play with because what was going, worst case scenario was about to unfold and we were prepared for it. Somehow the best case scenario happened one, he didn't get sick. We did not have to go to the hospital. Hmm. And suddenly we're home Wednesday night. <laughs> and Thanksgiving is the next morning. 
Oh. And I'm like, oh boy. Um, I guess we could do a frozen pizza tomorrow. DoorDash. <laughs> yeah, DoorDash <laughs> at the time. I had a neighbor who texted me. And she said, are you hospitalized? Because we, she had already known enough about us. I was vulnerable with her on my fears, yeah. on my worries. And I was so worried about this. I had been chatting with her earlier this week about my fear and my worry and vulnerability about this hospitalization. So she texted me and she said, are you guys in the hospital? And I said, actually, no, it's amazing, but I have no clue what I'm gonna do tomorrow. And she said, don't worry, we're gonna drop off Thanksgiving dinner for you. It'll be there by one, just in time for the afternoon. Just Enjoy. in time, isn't that perfect? And I view that as God does provide. Yeah. Even in the worst case scenario, and even with our lack of planning for the best case scenario. And um, we enjoyed that dinner. I was forever grateful for her for that gift because not one of us could ever do this alone. So many things you've unpacked today, Lisa. Such a beautiful story. And I'm grateful that you are going to give something away. That's right. Which is wonderful audience. So listen up, what is it and how yes, do they get it? Absolutely. So if you would like your own copy of this book, um, again, it is available on Amazon. It's available through my website, victoriesahead.com. We are also giving two copies away. So please email Valerie directly. Um, she's going to pick out two winners of which they'll uh, put in contact with me, and I will reach out on where we can ship the book, whether your preference is Kindle or an actual book itself. We will certainly get that into your hands. Um, and so thank you for the, um, the opportunity to be here with you today and opportunity to share our story. It's a beautiful story, and thank you for sharing, Lisa. So glad you came on. That's a, wow. I mean, that just unlocks nothing but pure, raw authenticity of a mom and a wife that's gone through this, and yet here she is smiling, and things, thank God, are working out. That is praise to him. That's right. I always leave. I want you to stay tuned for be with me for just a moment. I always leave with the Valerieism, and I kind of thought about it this time, and this is it. So my Valerieism for today is hope's rock, that it, hope's rock stands on faith. Hope's rock stands on faith. You gotta walk up to that big, horrible looking, ugly, hard rock in our lives or many of them. And just know that through faith, you can climb up and you can get over it. And that's the message of hope, I think, to everyone, no matter what the season. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. So you come back next time. I'm so grateful, Lisa, that you were on the show. You've given us a whole lot of things to think about and more importantly, realize that it all comes from the man upstairs who's gonna take us through and he will. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Stay healthy, stay well. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, valerieandcompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. 
Until then, lead authentically.